the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome to the Situation Report today. Very glad to have you with me. My name is Jeremy Stolnecker and this is the show where we do our very best every single episode to give you the information and perspectives you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. And we talk about navigating an ever-changing culture. Uh, as has been explained many times on this show, we need a roadmap. <laughs> we bring experts on and we spend a lot of time uh, asking questions and trying to understand issues and situations better so that we can navigate. But ultimately, what we need to navigate an ever-changing culture is a worldview that is informed by the truth. We are talking specifically of a biblical worldview. We need to view the world and all that's happening in it from a biblical lens, asking the question, what is true according to God, and how then should we respond to what's happening around us? Uh, Right now, this is a different environment as if you're watching, I'm sure you can see, perhaps you can even hear it if you're listening to the podcast, you can hear some noise in the background. We're recording this week from the National Religious Broadcasters Convention, and this is a place uh, really that is a gathering of men and women who are broadcasting, who are producing content, both video and audio content. There are book publishers here, all with one goal of providing a biblical perspective based on a biblical worldview to the world around us. Events like this, and and specifically this one, this is the largest gathering in the country of uh, religious broadcasters and communicators. Uh, Such an important event because it really is a gathering of people who are trying to do what we try to do on this show uh, several times a week. Provide perspectives, provide an understanding of what's happening so that we know how to navigate an ever-changing culture. And we're really grateful to be here. Over the next couple of episodes, you will hear from some incredible guests. As when we were at CPAC, we had uh, an amazing opportunity to interview folks. We may not always have the opportunity to interview in person. And so it is here at NRB, and very excited to share these with you. I know that these episodes will be helpful to you. They will be entertaining. And uh, beyond everything else, (laughs) above all, I believe they will help to establish a biblical framework through which you can view and evaluate the world. I know you're going to enjoy these and uh, look forward to jumping into it with you. Right now, there's a situation brewing in the men's basic department. Men are being held hostage by overpriced brands that simply aren't mission tested. That's why we're excited to tell you about Undertack, the only brand that's literally been battle tested by special forces. These have to be the greatest boxers ever made because they cover all the bases. High quality material that's antibacterial, anti-pilling, and moisture wicking so you stay fresh and dry all day. Uh, I recently did a 30 mile run in preparation for an ultra marathon in a couple weeks wearing the Recon boxers and they were absolutely incredible. I loved them. They have a quick release fly and a secret pocket in the extra wide waistband for cash or tactical necessities. Undertack is durable, ultra light, 
fade resistant and shrink resistant. And here's the best part. They're almost 30% less than the competition. Go to getundertack.com. That's getundertack.com right now. Save 20% off your order with the offer code SITREP20. All one word, SITREP20. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. That is a great American company that's unapologetically pro-America, pro-Second Amendment, and pro-military. That's getundertack.com. Getundertack.com. Offer code SITREP20. My guest is Eric Metaxas, and uh, Eric has been on with us before. Thank you so much for stopping by and talking with us. Thrilled to be here. This is the National Religious Broadcasters Convention. That's a lot of letters. Yes, it is. That's a big name. It's <laughs> huge. We all get to be a part of it here at probably the largest building I've ever been in yeah, in my life. It's unpleasantly large. Let's be honest. It's unpleasantly large. It's, it's like a, uh, a habit trail for gerbils, except they let people be in it because <laughs> right. it's that big. Yeah. But it's beautiful. And uh, it brings a lot of great people together. Um, before we jump into this, I, I do want to start by saying I just finished reading Is Atheism Dead? And we talked about that book last time you were on the show, but I just finally worked through it. And I say finally, once I started, I didn't stop. Um, unbelievable. When we started our last show together, I said Bonhoeffer changed the way I look at so many things in life. And reading that um, changed the way I look at the church, my own Christianity, my relationship with others. Incredible. This book... We talked about this over dinner last night. I, I don't struggle with faith in that sense, but you nailed down so many points that people can anchor to in their lives. I, I don't know why, first of all, every Christian doesn't read it, and why an honest atheist would not at least want to consider it. Well, first of all, thank you for saying that, because I've been getting similar feedback, and it's... it's um it's a blessing to hear because when you write something, you know, you have a sense of what you think you have. But, you know, until people get back to you, I mean, a lot of people have said, you know, I, I couldn't put it down or I read it all right. the way through. Right. Or and and you, as an author, that's, you want to hear that sure. because you can put out important information. Right. But if people don't read it, it's effectively, it's, it doesn't exist. What's in this book, honestly, I was, you know, what's funny, Jeremy, is like you, you find that, you say you believe something, right? right. But right. then right. you read something and you realize, you know what? I didn't believe it the way I believe it now. In other words, your mm. faith increases. Right. Right. And I feel like the material in his atheism dead increased my faith. That's why I wanted to share it with people. I said, if you know how clearly science points to God, you, would, you almost won't believe it until you read it yourself. You would think, I, I live in a world where faith and science have been at odds my whole life. And you... you even though you're a believer, you've internalized this lie. Right. And I think writing this book helps people to see, wait a second, exactly the opposite is true. The facts are there. I have participated in this lie by believing it 10% or whatever it is. And the same thing with biblical archaeology. You know, the idea that archaeology is proving the Bible to be history like every day, while we're sitting here, there are digs going on, yep. they discover stuff. Yep. But the main, the main headline on all of this stuff is that the media doesn't really cover it. A lot of times even the Christian media doesn't cover it. So it's as if it doesn't exist. And I said, I have right. to put it in a book because I think the church needs to be encouraged, emboldened. When you know that what you believe is inescapably true, it changes how you communicate. And I really think that I'll never talk to an atheist in the same way. I have right. almost take a pity now because I realize they are 
genuinely unfamiliar with the facts. I mean, they, they have the right to believe or not believe what they want, but it might be healthier to say you're an agnostic, to say you're an atheist, given just what's in this book, right. much less what right. I don't put in the book. Right. It's, it's really dramatic, and I think it's kind of a paradigm shift. I think that there are going to be people in America who are going to th think differently about faith, even though they didn't self-describe as Christian, they're going to say, well, but, but I get the fact that I, I had a lot of this wrong. I, I, I drank a lot of the Kool-Aid, and, and now I know that people of faith, they, they are basing their faith on, on reason. Yeah. Uh, right. And in fact, we couldn't even talk about science if it weren't for people of faith. And just a lot of the stuff that I said, I, you know, you could tell I had a burning desire yes. to get it out to the, to, to the church. And, and I appreciate the thoroughness with which you covered it. I, Man, you talk about water. You spend a lot of time just talking about oh, water, the properties you, of water. Can you believe it? I wrote a chapter on water. What could be, you think, what could be more boring? I'll never write it's a chapter crazy. on water. I was, this is what I mean for the whole book. Over and over again, I was just astonished at something that I had never seen before. And thank God the science has kind of caught up with, yeah. you know, things. And, and the chapter on water, I, I, just, I just touched the tip of the iceberg, no pun intended, right? Where I just said, oh, there are a few things about yeah. water. Yeah that I've never heard in school. Now, this is science. This is not some Christian gloss on, right. on the subject of <laughs> right. water. This is chemistry. This is right. Yep. And you start realizing that God designed, not just created the world and created the world, every little thing, including water. Water is an exquisite confection created by God. And once you start understanding the details, you just think, everywhere I look, I am astonished by God, yep. Every, including yep. something like yep. water, which I, I would have bet you I will never yep. be fascinated by the subject of water. But I, and believe me, I could have written three chapters. I, wrote, I just wrote one, you know. Yeah, it was incredible. So all of the science, and, you just, and there are things. I, I grew up in a Christian home. I was in the Marine Corps. So as a Christian, lived in a very secular environment. Then I went into ministry. I pastored. I've been around this, defending my faith for a long time. But but you brought out so many things just from a scientific standpoint. And then the archaeological, uh, the, the discussion on the discovery of Sodom and Gomorrah, but, but not, not because they found it, but because someone opened the Bible, started reading, this and is said, the, okay. I'm, not gonna, I'm not working backwards. And I think a lot of times that's right. we work backwards. No, it's always, that's exactly correct. It is people of faith who believe the Bible have themselves, because of their faith in the yes. Bible, led the whole world to staggering archaeological discoveries. Right. But it's only right. because they believe the Bible. Because, I mean, there's several because examples. Because they believe the Bible, yes. And there's several examples. So the one you're talking about, the reason I wrote the book, people say, why did you write the book? Because I met two men. One of them is Dr. James Tour, who's a scientist in uh, Houston, and I write several chapters on him. And the other one is an archaeologist in Albuquerque. I was just with him. He's the one that discovered biblical Sodom. And when I discovered these two men and their stories, I just said, somebody yeah. must tell their story. And as far as the biblical Sodom thing, at first I was skeptical. I, you know, a lot of people say, oh, we discovered Noah's Ark. And they think, maybe you did, maybe, maybe, maybe. When I looked into it, I thought, there's no doubt. This is not like, well, I think, right. I believe. Right. No, he did. And how did he discover it? He discovered it because he, was, he opened the Bible right. and he read right. where it says the cities of the plain are. And he says... We haven't even looked there. Even biblical archaeologists haven't looked there. I'm going to look there. And as a result of taking that seriously, he makes one of the greatest archaeological discoveries in the history of the world, 
which proves the Bible is history and which most Christians don't even know about. Right. So I said, I've got to put it front and center in my book. Yeah, incredible. And so many other examples. And then you spend the last portion of the book talking about atheism and breaking that down for us. The numbers that you give there are absolutely staggering. 150 million uh, murdered under atheistic regi regimes. and Under explicitly atheistic explicitly, regimes. It's right. not just like, oh, they weren't murdered you know, in the name of religion. They were murdered by regimes that if you profess faith in God, you will be persecuted and, pr and probably murdered for that. But they murdered you know, innumerable millions and their worldview is explicitly atheistic. So for the first time, I say this with regard to the science, I say this with regard to the biblical archeology, span and then I say it with regard to atheism as a philosophy. We now have spent enough time where we can look back and we can say, okay, right. how right. has it worked out? In 1930, right. if you thought Stalin is gonna lead you know, the Soviets to some utopia, you could be forgiven for ignorance because t enough time hadn't passed yet, let's say, well, now many, many decades have passed. We can look back at the track record of atheistic regimes, state-sponsored atheism, right. and the record is nightmarish. It is monstrous on a level that the world literally has never seen. And these are explicitly, aggressively atheistic regimes. Mm. So you want to say to your atheist friends, listen, you can believe what you want, sure. but have you dealt with yep. these facts? Are you yep. willing to deal with these facts? One of the, the things about you that I appreciate as a Christian living in the world is that your faith is so integrated with your communication, with the way that you communicate, with the things that you say. You deal with news and all of these things from a biblical worldview in a way that very few people do. And so coming off of what we just talked about and the way that you've communicated so many things that bolster the faith of believers, what do you see if you could encapsulate this into a statement, the role of Christian media. We're at a religious yeah. broadcaster's conference. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people understand that, and you certainly do. It's, it's a tricky thing. First of all, I think sometimes, even when you talk about quote-unquote Christian media, you're sort of participating in your own marginalization. Like you're saying, this is Christian media, and you think, wait a second. Truth is truth. There's no Christian That's truth. Good. There's no That's such really thing good. as Christian truth. Really There's only truth. And there's no Christian history and, you know, Christian scientific method That's and Christian good. math. There is only truth. And if you're a Christian, you believe Jesus is the truth and right. all, all truth of any kind comes from him and points to him. So we have to get out of the mindset that we've got this little, we've carved out this little religious corner here. Where we're going to do our religious thing. You think, no, it's either true or it's not. If it's not true, I'm not interested in Christian truth. I'm tr interested in truth. That's good. And so I think oftentimes, I mean, people talk about we needing revival. I think we need revival and reformation, where we start understanding that this is not my philosophy, this is not my brand or my tribe. This is for everyone. The truth of the scripture, it's either true, true for everyone, or it is a lie. And we have to stop pretending like, well, I don't want to push you too hard. It's like saying, I don't want to offend you because you don't believe one plus one equals two. So you have your own math and I've got my Christian math and I believe one plus one equals two. You wouldn't do that. You'd, you'd, you'd feel like you're insulting somebody if you gave them that, yep. right? Yep. Well, we do that all the time. I mean, whether we're talking about, you know, how many sexes there are. Well, the Bible says there are male and female created in God's image. The Bible, sa the Bible says all kinds of things. And you think either it's true or it's not. But we kind of oftentimes act like 
I'm in this Christian corner, and I think we've got to get out of the Christian corner because, frankly, everyone in the world is created in the image of God for a relationship with their Creator. It's not just for us. It's not just for us and a few people we meet. It's for everybody. And I really think sometimes we are guilty of, of uh, striking a posture that says, well, maybe this isn't for you. Yep. And it's like saying, well, maybe medicine and food isn't for you. <laughs> Everything is for, every good thing right. is for everybody. Right. And if, we're, if, if we are presenting things in a religious, and I say religious in quotes, in a negative way, in a religious way, yep. no wonder people are put off. Yep. But if you present it like, I have no dog in the fight. I just am for what is. You know? So for whatever the Bible says, or whatever, I, just, I simply believe that's real. But it doesn't mean it's real for me. It means it's real. Yep. Do you dare to examine it with me? Do you, do, you want, do you want to look at it? I mean, you do that in other spheres in life. Why wouldn't you do it with the book that, you know, billions of people believe God wrote the book. Billions of people believe this is true. So I really think that the church, in a way, has an opportunity as things get bad and crazy to live our faith much more boldly. It, it's really God's gift to us that it sort of forces us to decide, do you really believe this? Yes or no? Are you willing right. to die for this? Yes or no? Because right. if you're not willing to die for it, I guess it means you don't really believe it because then you don't believe Jesus defeated death. You're hedging your bets. And I think we've got to stop hedging our bets and live as though these things are true because they are. Yep. Everything is everything. I think that's how you said it in your book. So, yeah, I say everything means everything. <laughs> everything yeah. means everything. Yeah, right. that's the end of the book. Yeah, that's the end you. of the book. Um, I was talking to someone recently who's in Christian broadcasting, and they said something like this, I'm working on this, but because it's Christian, I won't have the same audience, but I'm okay with that. And it struck me for the first time, I've had a lot of conversations like that, but yeah. it struck me for the first time, like, why would you be okay with that? That doesn't make sense. Listen, there, there is a time to preach to the choir. There's no question about it. There's a time to get, you know, Encourage your group together and, sure. and to speak directly to them. I'm thinking of writing a book called Letter to the American Church where I, where I do exactly that, right? But more often than not, when I write books, I mean, almost all of my books are written for an audience that even though I know mostly Christians will buy it, I'm writing to the person who is not uh, a self-described evangelical or serious Christian. I'm, I'm trying to say to them, would you look at this? Will you read the story of Bonhoeffer? Tell me what you make of it. Yep. This was a hero. Yep. This is a hero who existed in history. When you read the story of Luther, the story of Wilberforce, Wilberforce, because of his faith, led the battle for the abolition of the slave trade. Yeah. Isn't it interesting yeah. that, that the serious Christians battled for the abolition of the slave trade right. and the Christians who said, well, we don't want to bring our faith into politics. We don't want to mix faith in politics. They were happy to stand by yeah while slavery and the slave trade went on. Just look at the history and tell me, what do you see? So most of my stuff is geared toward everybody. And when I, when I write my books, including Is Atheism Dead? I'm not saying give it to your atheist friend, but give it to your friend who is an agnostic, who isn't sure what she thinks. That, those kinds of people, are hung, they're, they're, they're just as hungry for the truth yeah, right. as anybody on the planet. Yeah, that's right. And so many people, they go to church on Sunday, hopefully they have some kind of a devotional life, but the vast majority of their time is spent in a secular world telling them that what they believe is silly. Yeah. And they need to have something to root to. Or and and to. we have, if we, if, the thing I've been saying lately too is like, if you're not living out your faith, clearly your faith is phony. If your faith is only intellectual and you say, well, I believe these things, 
God sees what you believe by how you live, mm. by what you say and sure. what you do, by what you don't say, by what you don't God sees it. So the idea that, well, here's a statement of faith, this is what I believe, right. it's utterly meaningless. It's right. a fig leaf. And, and the church during these difficult times, if we do not live out our faith fearlessly, we're not fooling the devil, we're not fooling yeah, God, right. we're not fooling our enemies, we're not fooling our friends. Who do we think we're fooling? We're not fooling anyone. So I really think that, you know, faith without works is dead. We need to take that and, you know, if you want to get a tattoo, that's the one. <laughs> Last question, where can Christian people who want to stand up, want to be bold, want to um, confront culture in the right way, where can they receive good information to do that? So much bad information. So well, this much is this is like the uh, this is like the softball question, uh, which I will say, um, I, I beg everybody listening to, to go to my website ericmetaxas.com and sign up for my newsletter because I send stuff along these lines out about twice a week. Right. Uh, there's no advertising. I just want to share. I, I feel like God allows me to to meet and interview tremendous voices on these questions. And I want, to sh- I want to share this with people. And I'm not, you know, uh, I-, I don't have like some gigantic show. And YouTube canceled me. So right. I say to people, please go to my website, ericmetaxas.com. Please sign up for the newsletter. And I-, I think you'll be stunned at what you've been mis- missing. There are people out there that by God's grace I've discovered. And I, and I think, I wish uh, everybody in America could hear them because they have an amazing perspective. And by the way, we need bucking up. We need encouragement. Uh, so that's what I that's what I try to offer. That's awesome. Eric Metaxas, thank you so much, sir. Thank really you. appreciate it. Thank you. Wonderful. We were not made to live in isolation. Sadly, many of our veterans feel they need to fight their battles alone. This self-isolation has led to the staggering statistic of more than 20 veterans taking their lives every day. A lot of guys end up drinking. A lot of guys end up losing hope. Someone will go to the VA and they'll try to get, you know, prescription medications to help with PTSD, you know, they'll get pills for anxiety, they'll get pills because they can't sleep, now they'll get pills for depression before they know they're taking 12 different medications. And when it's not working out, these guys lose hope, and that's why there's 23 guys a day committing suicide. The mission of Mighty Oaks is to eradicate the veteran suicide epidemic and help our warriors change their legacies. As a result, we've been able to help over 4,000 veterans and first responders by equipping them with the tools they need to live the lives they were created to live. Everything they said just kept hitting me in the heart over and over and over again. It's like all the things that I didn't know that I needed to hear. And uh, I opened my heart to God that week, dude, and like, (laughs) I've been a different person ever since. Our faith-based, peer-to-peer approach has one of the highest success rates of any program available today offering hope and understanding to those who need it most. We provide our programs and resources, including travel, at no cost to our warriors. I remember talking to a licensed uh, social worker who actually handed me a pamphlet to Mighty Oaks. So I went, and I'm glad I did. By aligning their lives to biblical principles, these men and women are able to lead their families, their communities, and our nation. Our mission is to serve and restore our nation's warriors and families who have endured hardship through their service to America and to help them find new life purpose through hope in Christ. It's your generosity that can make a difference in the lives of the men and women who have fought for our country and our freedoms. Now that they're home, don't let them fight alone. Learn more at MightyOaksPrograms.org.
My guest is Phil Boyce, Senior Vice President of Salem Media, and uh, Phil has been very instrumental in us having this show and being able to uh, really take advantage of this platform, so it's incredible, Phil, to just be able to speak to you again. We've talked before, but it, we're at NRB, and it, so we're in the same yes. space, and it's awesome, so thank you for doing it's it. It's an honor to have you on the Santa Podcast Network. Well, it's been an incredible honor for us. Um, so many wonderful folks on the Salem Podcast Network. You're in good company we, there. We're in good company. I feel like the guy who just showed up and somebody said, come on in and get something to eat. Well, yeah, come We've got on some in. incredible people. Yeah, just, uh, you know, just being around that group of people, Charlie Kirk, Dinesh D'Souza, Eric Metaxas, right. I mean, you can go down the line. And, yeah. and so we're very blessed to have such an awesome group of people, including you. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. In fact, we're right across from where we're sitting. Eric Metaxas is broadcasting, Larry Elder's broadcasting, yeah. Todd Starnes a little while ago is broadcasting. Yeah, he's one of our podcasters. Uh, so. Unbelievable podcast. And uh, we push so many people to that network, but incredible environment here. And maybe we can start with you talking about the importance of a convention like this one. So many religious broadcasters, Christian broadcasters come together in one place. Um, can you talk a little bit about why that's important and why this matters? It's important because we need to know we are not alone. Yeah. There are others like us who believe like us and who want what we want, which is let's get the word out about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But at the same token, we have a new reason to be together, and that's this cancel culture that we're yeah. in. They want to silence us. They want to silence uh, uh, you know, the culture that we believe in. Yeah. And, uh, they want to fundamentally change America, and they'd love to crush Christianity and, and all forms of religion, right. uh, and we can't let that happen. Yeah, and this is a place where, and it's, this is my first time at, at NRB, the National Religious Broadcasters Convention, and, and to see so many people, I, I didn't know exactly what to expect, but you have broadcasters, but you have authors, um, news outlets, um, media outlets that do you know anything you can imagine, they're all here. They are all here, and we were a little bit worried about the NRB a couple of years ago because of COVID. They had to cancel it. Uh, last year, they had a smaller gathering in Dallas. This year, it looks like 3,500 people, which is about the largest they've ever had. So uh, this space is uh, well-occupied by like-minded believers who want to get the word out, want to use the platform for good. My company, Salem, and now you're with us, is one of those companies. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Salem has a huge presence here. Last time we talked, we had you on the podcast, um, we talked about culture and we talked about, you know, from your vantage point of many years of doing this, the, the slow slide of culture away from God and away from morality and how, and, and you talked about how it's just, it's getting faster and faster all the time. Um, I think it got faster after we and talked. And so, you know, we talked about it and at the time yeah. you said that, I was kind of like, well, no, maybe Phil's having a bad day, but man, since then it seems like it has accelerated just in the, the months since we had that conversation, and it's, it's unbelievable. When you consider that, and you know, there's nothing to indicate that we're gonna stop that slide, what would you define as the role of Christian media at a time when yeah. the world is running away from truth? I would define our role as the antidote to the mainstream media. Yeah. And you see my sign right over there, uh, yeah. which one? Salem News Channel, oh, the antidote, the antidote That's right. to the mainstream media. Yeah. That's one of our slogans because what the mainstream media is now doing is not journalism. Journalism was a noble profession. What they're doing now is not noble. They're not reporting 
the news. They're not reporting the right. truth. Right. And their job as journalists is to report the truth. So what is our job? Well, I guess we have to report the truth. Yeah. I don't want to lie. I do want to tell it according to our worldview, but I'm not going to lie to do it. And they will. They'll lie if yeah. they've got the chance. So that's what we have to do. We have to be their antidote. Um, you come from a background, for those that didn't watch our first episode, come from a background of what, what we classify as secular media, so not I Christian did. media. Can you talk a little bit about that transition for you? Because that was, uh, it was meaningful to me to hear you talk about why you transitioned to well, faith media. So I was the PD of WABC in New York City for 14 years. After I was there about a year, the company, which was owned by Disney, yeah. made me fire Bob Grant. Uh, he was our number one host. Wow. And I lost half my listeners overnight. Yeah. And I knew this would make or break my career. It could have easily broken my career, but it didn't. Why? Mm -hmm. Because God led me to Sean Hannity and Mark Levin right, and right. some other choices we made that rebuilt WABC and we finally got it back to where it was yeah. as the most listened to news talk station in the nation. Er, during those 14 years, I was learning how all of this works. We were fighting battles at that time. Sean and I talked just a couple of weeks ago about how we fought those battles wow. back then. Oh, wow. And guess what? We're fighting the battles right. now. Only yeah. now, the battles that he's fighting, and he's at the center and forefront of a lot of this, and the battles that we're now fighting are even more consequential than they were then. Right. And but, but here's what we were doing, Jeremy. We were learning how to fight these battles. And now, every skill that I learned at WABC, I can apply, thanks to God, to the job that I have That's at awesome. Salem. Yeah. And, and so now I can use these skills. I can create the Salem Podcast Network with guys like you and Charlie and Dinesh, et cetera. I can create the Salem News Channel with uh, you know, all of the folks that you'll see on that channel every day. We just added Andrew Wilkow a couple of weeks ago, wow. who's yeah. going to be a great addition to the team. Uh, and and we really, in a matter of a little over a year, we've tripled the size of Salem Radio Network. Incredible. In terms of our footprint, Incredible. in terms of our influence, in terms of our ability, and at some point, they will come for us. They've sure. come for everybody sure. else. Sure. They will try to cancel us. Yeah. But now, we're big enough, I think we can fight them all. That's great. One of the questions that I think everyone has as it relates to Christian media is, how is Christian media connecting to young people? And you know, this is my perspective, but I think a lot of the podcast network being built out is really to connect with the younger audience. Again, Charlie Kirk, Jen Ellis, you have some of those folks that, that kind of speak to that demographic oh, a little yeah. bit. Um, what's the response been from younger folks? My daughter is 22 years old, and she texted me last night. She was so excited to you know, get to meet some of these folks and be yeah. around them. She's super stoked about it. Um, we were at CPAC a couple weeks ago, and watching young people walk around and young people yeah. get involved is super exciting. What's the response been from kind of the younger demographic to? Yeah, that's where you're going to see the revival. So uh, we're talking to some podcasters now that we want to join our platform that have a real following in the young community. Awesome. Guys like Brandon Tatum, yeah. Uh, a, yeah. A, a great black conservative. He's amazing. Uh, We've had him on amazing. our show. Yeah, yeah, he's amazing. I, I, yeah. I believe I bet you did. Uh, Terrence Williams is another one. Uh, and I just found, uh, let's say just, it was probably four or five months ago that I found Julie Hartman, hmm. who's a student at Harvard. She went to Harvard as a freshman, and she realized that the stuff they were teaching her, they were indoctrinating her yeah. with this liberal philosophy. <laughs> right. She wasn't buying it. 
So she started to try to figure out, well, who am I and what do I really believe? Right. And she found Dennis Prager's book, America is Still the Last yeah. Best Hope. Right. She read it and realized, oh my God, I'm a conservative. <laughs> so then she reached out to Dennis and she said, yeah. thank you for writing that book. You've convinced me I'm a conservative and here I am at Harvard. And she would happen to be spending her summer in Pacific Palisades near where Dennis does his radio show. So he said, come on over wow. and I want to meet you. Yeah. So he started using her on the radio show every week and she got really good as a guest, kind of telling us what are the young people at Harvard saying right. and thinking. Right. Uh, we, we have to reach these people or we're going to lose the country. Absolutely. So then at the end of the summer, Dennis said to me, I think she's good enough. I'd like her to sub for me on my radio, my wow. national radio show. Wow. And I said, Dennis, she's never done radio before. Yeah. She's never subbed a show before. And he said, I don't care. I think she's good enough. Wow. And based on his recommendation, I said yes. yes. <laughs> and we put her on. And you know what? She was good. Yeah. And she did something that I've been trying to get Dennis to do. Look in the camera. <laughs> Where is it? Right over here. Look in the camera. Uh, and so she did that. And she got so good that I started talking to her about joining Salem as soon as she graduates. So she's going to do that. Wonderful. She graduates in May. She's going to join our platform. She's going to have a TV show. She's going to have a podcast. Uh, and by the way, we just worked a deal with Dennis to have a podcast with her called Dennis and Julie. That's They're cool. going to do it. Uh, they oh, probably cool. have started it this week yeah. in which Dennis and Julie are going to talk about what's it like on college campuses today. What can we do to reach the young people That's incredible. Today? That's, That's incredible. what we have to do. That Prager guy, he's going to make it if he'll listen. I think he's going to make it. He's got a career in this. <laughs> he's got a career in this, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. And, and how important, and I, I'm so you know proud to be a part of Salem for a lot of reasons, but one of them is uh, you, you haven't just said, well, we did a pretty good job, we've gotten pretty far. Continuing to look forward, continuing to say, how can we reach the next generation? And that's so important. We're not stopping. Uh, when we did the press release for Dennis and Julie, Radio Inc. wrote the, the story, and they said, Salem has just introduced its 22nd podcast in the last year. And I'm like, really? I didn't know. <laughs> right, right. And I counted up, and they were there right. It was. We, yeah. we introduced 22 podcasts over the last year. We went from nothing to being the number 12 podcast <laughs> network in the United States on the Triton Digital Platform. And that's significant. It means that we're getting 14 million downloads a month. Incredible. And thank you for joining us. No, you absolutely. are one of them and, uh, and our friend uh, Chad. And it, you know, it's just a wonderful opportunity for me to do what God gave me the gift to do, wonderful. which is identify talent and then find them, get them on the platform, yep and then manage them. Wonderful. That's what God gave me the gift Wonderful. to do, and I think I'm good at it. Obviously, yeah. I've got a track record, but it wasn't because of me. It's something that God wanted me to do from the time I was 14 years old, yeah. when I got my first job in radio at a 1001 AM <laughs> daytime gospel station, yeah. and I was putting the tapes on the reels and playing the viola hour, and I didn't know that God was preparing That's me something. for this career. Yeah. But he did, and I thank him for it. And we're not done. Right. We've got a war to fight. It's a culture war. That's right. And we're, we're at the front lines of that battle right now. That's awesome. Well, thank you for doing it, Phil. Thank and you. Man, thanks for everything that Salem is doing. It's just awesome to be here and see the incredible presence here at the NRB. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks for talking to us, too. Thank you, brother. Look forward to next time. Thank you, man. Yes, sir. Okay. Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of their lives. He created the Giza Dream bed sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for you and me. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. Mike's latest incredible deal is the sale of the year. Sale of the year. That means it's not going to happen again. This is the sale of the year. What is it? For a limited time, you will receive 60% off the Giza Dream Sheets that comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. 
You will receive a set for as low as $39.99. For a limited time, with any purchase, you will receive Mike's soft cover book free when you use promo code SITREP. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code SITREP. Along with this offer, you will also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. For those of you that would rather use the phone, and some of you are out there, you know who you are, call 1-800-870-0283, use the promo code SITREP, or MyPillow.com and use the promo code SITREP. Here with Lieutenant Colonel Alan West. Awesome to have you. It's good to see you again. We just kind of ran into each other out in the hallway. I know, out here. Isn't it great yeah. to be here at NRB. Here at NRB, this is a great conference um, convention. I guess they call it a convention, yeah, not a conference. Yeah. Um, don't have an agenda. There's a lot going on. There's tons going There's on. There's so and, many things to talk about. And I, I think it really does come back to what's so important about this this gathering is that the the body of Christ has to step up in so many ways and we have got to get involved in this political realm and get back to understanding our Judeo-Christian faith heritage and how it relates to our Constitution. We look at so many people in the world, I just talked to Eric Metaxas, we were just talking about that, and I said, what do Christian people need to do? He said they need to stop saying that this is Christian and that's secular. It's truth is truth. Yes. And we need to communicate truth is truth. I think for so many people though, it's hard to understand what is true what is real. Where do people look for that? How do people well, understand what's really going on? Well, I, I, I think that it's important that we have all of these different media outlets, yeah. and these media outlets have to be professing the truth, and the truth, of course, is based upon, I think, our gospel, Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's based upon our Declaration of Independence, our, our Constitution, because those are immutable truths. Right. And when you're dealing with the progressive socialist left, everything is relative. Yes. And this moral yes. relativism that comes in, that's what's confusing so many people. And there are objective truths. I mean, two plus two equals four. Right. Math <laughs> right. is not racist. Right. Okay. Right. right. And so we've got to move away from that subjective perspective look at everything that we're dealing with. You look at what is going on in Ukraine. It is not cool to indiscriminately bomb innocent women, right. children, and, right. and civilians. Yep. And so what are we doing about that? This is not about equivocating it. It is not right for us to, when we have all the oil and gas resources here in the country, to say we're not going to do our own oil and gas right. exploration. We're going to buy it from the enemy, being it Russia, Iran, Venezuela, Saudi Arabia even. Yep. So I think that we have to have people that understand these truths. And what a great platform yep. that you That's have right. here. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Um, it's amazing, too. And we're right across from the Salem booth and so many incredible personalities there. You're a very uh, hopeful person. We've known each other for a number of years now. Yeah. And I'm always so encouraged to spend time with you and to talk to you. You're on our board for the Mighty Oaks Foundation. Yeah. Um, when you look at the world, it, it can be a very hopeless place. We could bring it right down to the United States. It can mm-hmm. be a very hopeless time. Mm-hmm. But there is hope. And, and you speak to that. Can you speak to hope for those that are listening that may sure. be on edge, wondering if there's anything out there? Mm-hmm. Where's the hope? Well, let me give you an answer from Winston Churchill, and then I'll go to the Bible. Winston Churchill once said that you can always account on the Americans to do what is right mm-hmm. after you know trying everything else. And I think that <laughs> right. that's where we are. Right. But Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5, where it talks about trials and tribulations, producing perseverance, and perseverance produces character, and character produces hope, true hope in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So I think that right now, just the same as a diamond is just a a black rock, a lump of coal, but intense pressure and and heat makes into that beautiful precious gem and jewel that we so uh, adore and cherish. 
That is what I think is happening right now for the United States of America. And I believe that the body of Christ, who is called to be the salt, called to be the light, right. it is right. our opportunity to uh, take us through these dark times, through these trials and tribulations. That's good. That's good. Thank you so much. My pleasure. You're running off, but uh, great to see you. Always. As always. Jeremy. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. God be with you. Yes, sir. Thank you for watching and listening. Appreciate you joining us today. And uh, before I sign off, I want to remind you, if you are listening to the podcast version of this, thank you for doing it. Make sure you are subscribed. Whatever platform it is you like to listen from, uh, make sure you're subscribed so that this content gets directly to you as it is posted every week. We have some incredible guests, great conversations. You don't want to miss anything. The best way to keep yourself from missing what we put out is by being subscribed. So go ahead and check that out. Also, go over and uh, look at some wonderful podcasts, this one included, on the Salem Network, salempodcastnetwork.com, salempodcastnetwork.com. Thank you. We'll talk to you next time. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.